0: This is Jamie J, host of Stop Riding the Pine, and you are listening to Dear Friends and Family with your host, Patty and Lex.
1: And now, live from ID Studios in Tucson, Arizona, it's Dear friends, Dear, friends Dear, friends Dear friends and Family. Dear friends and family. Dear friends and family. Dear friends and family.
2: Dear friends and family. Dear friends and family, how are you? Dear friends and family, welcome to session 17. Woohoo!
1: Session 17. (laughs)
2: So awesome.
1: Oh, so awesome. Guys, do we have a show for you.
2: So we were interviewed by Lime Voice with hosts Sarah and Aaron Sanchez. We got to flip the table and interview them. Yes. They are a powerhouse of a couple who are walking the same journey that we are. And man, am I grateful to have them in my life.
1: And it's so crazy because they're almost identical to us.
2: And yet so different. (laughs) Guys,
1: stay tuned. This is a great show.
2: And with that, enjoy.
3: Okay, dear friends and family listeners, it's that time where we remind you to head over to studioids.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. Take it away, Patty and Lex.
2: Dear friends and family, I'm so excited to welcome Aaron and Sarah to the show. Yeah!
1: Woohoo! Guys, say hi.
2: Hi. (laughs) Guys, how are you doing today? Doing good. Yeah, we're happy to be talking to you guys. Where are you calling us from?
0: New Mexico. New Mexico. You
1: guys are our neighbors. Where in New Mexico?
0: We're in a suburb uh, of Albuquerque called Rio Rancho. Nice. And it's actually kind Al-
1: of funny. We have a real rancho here in, in, in Tucson as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> huh. Huh. Little suburb. <laughs> yeah. Tucson. Yeah, we're not very far from you guys.
1: No. Awesome. I, I wish I could drive to you. I know. Okay,
3: hang <laughs> out. It's funny because in October, I'm going to go back to the clinic that I went through treatment just for like a three-day tune-up and I actually was thinking, oh, maybe we could stop in and say hi to you guys. Oh, yeah, that, that would, would be so cool. Be awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To Tucson for work as well. We'll come out and buy stuff at the Gem and Mineral Show.
2: Nice. Yeah, in February, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's so- awesome. So what kind of work do you do, Aaron?
0: I do custom woodworking. It's rustic western. So I take basically these big juniper trees, slab them, and inlay marbles and stones, like semi-precious stones, like turquoise and agates, fossils, all that sort of stuff. And uh, some of our clients have been Wayne Newton. uh, Nice. Nice. Yeah, a really cool guy. So, Is there somewhere
2: that people could check out your work?
0: Yeah, andysanchez.com. Nice, nice. Heck I'm
2: excited. I, I
1: can't I, wait oh, to look. So, yeah,
3: it's beautiful.
1: I've actually seen some of the work. It's actually amazing. I got to give you some props, good sir. Thanks. Nice work. <laughs> as as a fabricator and an, yeah, a, a,
2: a, he is a furniture artist. So yeah.
1: Is, so I is, mean, yeah.
0: good stuff, man. We have so much in common, you guys. It's fun. Yeah. You know, I do the same thing as you, essentially. I use wood. Your medium is metal. Yep. <laughs>
2: so now, Sarah. This is actually, we're talking with you guys because you were given a diagnosis. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you were diagnosed with and how you got there?
3: Okay. So two years ago, I received a diagnosis of Lyme disease. But what started was the 15 years leading up to it, I had chronic health issues, couldn't recover. I was sick all the time during my pregnancies. I couldn't breathe. I had massive fatigue. And then in 2007, I was in a car accident that I really couldn't recover from. We kept thinking it was just bad timing or bad luck. And after I got over the pregnancies and the car accident, then be able to live a more normal life as far as like knowing how you feel on any given day, which you guys understand. Oh, yeah. So I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia in 2007 and then eventually another diagnosis of chronic fatigue Really what happened is I just continued to go downhill and was at the point where I really could not care for our five kids. Oh my. Wow. Yeah. And it's been a, a downward vortex of chaos because I just kept going downhill for this 15-year period. We kept thinking we had, of course, things would get back on track because who stays sick for 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> You're just waiting for that. I think we did yeah. that. It was for a much shorter period of time, but... For, for six months to a year, we were very stuck on that. Gonna this is going to get better. Yeah, this I'm is going to change. Gonna this isn't going to stay this way. This is going to change. This is going to change. And then finally it was like, right. this is a mind screw up and a half. You know? <laughs> right? And we had to get to this point of like, okay, I have to accept that I'm just sick. Yeah. Like I yeah. have to accept that this is our new normal. our new normal yeah. and we need to figure out how to live life this way.
3: Yeah. yeah. And so part of my process as I was getting sicker and sicker, I hadn't slept in like 10 years. I was normally athletic and literally could barely walk across the street to the mailbox in the last few years. Wow. And then I just struggled. I couldn't stand for more than a couple minutes at a time. And mm-hmm. so anything from going to the store or going out with family, like I just really Car couldn't rides. do anything. Wow. Yeah.
2: Aaron, I bet that that put a lot of strain on you.
0: Yes, ma'am, it did. Yeah, because now I'm, I'm a single parent and a caretaker as well. Mm-hmm. And even throughout all of this, to compounding on it, we called it the perfect storm, but compounding all of this is with each misdiagnosis throughout the years, the last 15 years, we had adjusted our lives according to it to each, each
1: diagnosis time, you, you you were right. adjusting wow so every well, time you got a diagnosis you would adjust your life to it, it right was, wow. which is
0: financially it sucks draining. you dry yeah it yeah. Sucks you dry. Yeah, I bet. yeah totally after 15 years of this when it gets down to the point where we're now finally understanding that it could be Lyme and that her health is going to the point where she's no longer able to drive because she would get lost on a five minute the school was about five minutes away, less than two miles, and she would get lost on the way home. Wow. And, um, and
3: this was on massive amounts of medication, right. massive, just off the charts. I had to like sign a pain contract saying I wouldn't sue him. And the thing was, is that really everything barely helped. It took the edge off, but I was just suffering for years and years and years. It was horrendous. I've and
2: experienced levels of pain that get that high especially with Lex. He goes through periods of pain where he's taken large doses of heavy medications and they do nothing. They mm-hmm. do nothing. Nothing because it's not an effect it's not helping with whatever is happening internally, you know?
1: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. I have to say, we actually interviewed somebody in session 12, Marie, who was telling us about all these things that come with Lyme disease. Is that what you've been experiencing?
3: Yeah. So what I didn't understand is actually when I was 18 here in New Mexico, I was camping with friends and I got a bite and I was told it was an infected spider bite. I'm actually fortunate because I had a big bullseye rash, which a lot of people don't ever see a rash or any indication. And it was huge. It was like probably five inches around, and I had it. Yeah, it was massive. I had it for at least two months. Wait, you had
1: this five-inch spot for two months?
3: Yeah, it was. Wow,
0: that's crazy.
3: (laughs) Well, and what's sad is if I had gotten antibiotic treatment at that point, it would have spared us massive amounts of suffering.
0: A fifty-dollar antibiotic. But how
3: did they not? I mean, you had evidence of it. How did they? Oh man, okay. This is like (laughs) this massive fiasco of as soon as I got diagnosed, because my doctor had seen it, she had a daughter who had it. And so she was like, you know, you came in with chronic pain because of a car accident, but this really looks like Lyme. And I want to test you. Have you ever been bit by anything? And I was like, no, one time I had a spider bite when I was 18. But because honestly, I've never even seen a tick still to this day. (laughs) I have never seen a tick in New Mexico. And so the problem is, is that so friends of ours just came back from the same Hamas area that we were camping in with their six year old. And she came home with a bullseye rash because they know us. They immediately went in and told the pediatrician, hey, look, we are camping. This looks like a bullseye rash. And he said, nope, it's just a spider bite. There's no ticks in New Mexico. There's no Lyme.
0: What? treatment. Denied No way.
3: And because of Lyme Voice and the podcast that we're doing, we get emails or Facebook messages from people in Canada and all over the country who their kids have gotten bit or they themselves have been bit and they cannot get a prescription written because Mm -hmm. if a doctor isn't looking for it. So no one in my 15 years of being sick was looking or testing for Lyme. Wow. It's not on their radar.
0: That's crazy. It was all through self-research that we ever got anywhere.
1: That's insane.
2: So this doctor finally decides to test you for Lyme, and obviously it came back positive.
3: Well, it did not. It didn't. didn't. Mm -mm. So this is a big, this is controversial in the Lyme world, is because the testing is only accurate about 30% of the time. The ELISA
0: test specifically. There's a test called the ELISA test, Yeah, it was never designed even for
3: diagnosis.
0: It was more of a population survey survey. Thank you, sweetie. They know that it is about 50% accurate. In fact, less than 50% accurate in most cases.
3: Wow, I forget the statistic. I think it's like 32 different Lyme bacterial strains. And right now we only test for less than five of them. Hmm. And Lyme, Like even back when it started to be an issue, like in the 80s, that's one disease. And now people are coming in with five, six, seven additional Mm -hmm. co-infections. So I had several.
0: The important part here is a lot of people go and get tested for Lyme, but they have to understand that the test is 50 percent inaccurate. So even though you've been tested for Lyme, you might as well have taken a quarter out of your pocket and flipped it because oh, that's wow. and even with us, even though we were never, we never came up positive, we could have continued looking for other m- diagnoses. And this is happening to so many people that we know where they keep getting because it is the great ind- Imitator. It, <laughs> what happens is they just, just like Sarah and I, 15 years down the road, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, diabetes, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, MS, Parkinson's. I mean, it keeps going on and on. That's the scary part is that people are getting misdiagnosed and left to themselves. So this is where Sarah and I came. We're finally figuring it out for ourselves. Finally found a Lyme literate doctor.
3: Yeah. And even within the Lyme world, there's a bunch of controversies. And I've said it other times like, I finally get a diagnosis. I'm literally like dying and it's, there's this huge controversy and I'm thinking this sucks. So bad. <laughs> I just want to get better. And there's controversy with this, but it is because even chronic Lyme. So um, I had applied for disability three years ago. I just got approved recently and I got qualified under chronic Lyme. I've gone through treatment and my quality of life is vastly improved. I'm not in pain. That's good.
2: It mm-hmm. is huge.
3: I'll take it all day long. So what so is
2: the treatment?
3: There's a couple different options and basically the treatment center that I went to uses a little bit of everything. So a lot of home- homeopathic remedies and then a lot of antibiotic remedies that are pulsed throughout your your visit. The Invita where I went to treatment, they actually have a like a neurological repair program. It was called IPAs, it's called something else, but for the first time in like 10 years, I could articulate and think quickly. Nice. It, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. But it's very expensive. We sold our house. Our my parents helped us. And so even for our kids, we are having to figure out other solutions because and
0: two of our kids have been diagnosed with Lyme as well.
3: Yes. Oh wow. Because can see- you can pass it on to your children.
0: How do you do that? Like I wow. Oh.
3: It's just like AIDS.
0: I think AIDS is actually through blood transfer yes. within. Yeah. Oh, you're right. But you're right. But lime can actually penetrate because the spirochete can actually penetrate the blood barrier. Whoa. The embryo.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I I get it now.
3: It's a fiasco of a disease. It's expensive. A lot of stuff isn't covered by insurance, but we're coming out of it. So um, I tell people that after treatment, my quality of life has improved a thousand times Mm -hmm. because I'm not in pain. But I'm very limited in what I can do every day.
2: Tell us how this impacts you like on a daily basis. Yeah. Let us know. Like
1: what's a typical day for you guys?
3: It impacts Every aspect of our lives yeah. every day. Okay, There is no part of our life that has not been impacted greatly. Mm-hmm. Our income has gone like down to less than half of what it was because I am no longer working. I had a real estate company and I just cannot, I can't do numbers anymore. I mess up with simple things, but I can't see how I did them wrong, like in emails and stuff. She's
0: developed a lot of dyslexia type symptoms. We're not sure that wow. she has dyslexia, but like her spelling has decreased her vocabulary. She loses her words.
3: So which all of that is getting much better. It but in really my is. stamina is the big thing. So mm-hmm. you know what it's like when you have kids and they leave trails everywhere all <laughs> the time. Yeah. yeah. And for years I couldn't even bend over to pick it up. So I just had to learn to be like, joyful and thankful for what I could do and literally block out the rest because if I was going to be OCD about everything, I was just going to live a miserable life.
2: I have come to that point before. Really, like, bending, I have some type of blood pressure issue going on, and any time that I bend over, I run the chance of fainting. And so I just don't want to bend over. And kids leave things everywhere. You know, it's (laughs) so hard to keep up with.
3: yeah. It is something spills in the fridge. If I'm gonna take a half hour, 45 minutes to take everything out of the fridge and clean it, I literally have to schedule that in because if I do that task, then I may not have energy to cook dinner that night, or yeah, maybe I have energy I totally to cook. understand.
1: Yeah, I totally understand that.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's always a give and take. And for me, when I'm not feeling well, it's not just that, oh, I. Like I'm struggling with a cold and I need to rest a little. I cognitively I go downhill, emotionally I go downhill, and so it's it is. It's just a huge battle every day.
0: It is really hard because we're hot. we would before Lyme really impacted us. We would consider ourselves high functioning. Yeah, we're going. I mean, we're we were business owners. We were, we, gosh, the number of businesses we've owned. <laughs> <laughs> We're reaping the benefits of not working, of not taking care of our money. And they're all because of disease and because of the chronic illness, because I'm not allowed to work. Sarah's not allowed to work.
3: Well, and even like if I'm not doing well, he used to travel for work and do stuff. I can't be by myself anymore. I can't. We
1: can relate with that. Yeah. I can't be by myself anymore. And so even though like it doesn't really affect my it does affect my thinking if, if I'm in too much pain. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, if I get into too much paint, I fall and I crack my head open or I do something crazy. So Patty is my full-time caregiver. And so she can't really go anywhere or work or do anything. So we can totally relate with that. That's yeah. so crazy.
3: Yeah. And I mean, you guys know how it is. Like we had to pull our kids out of all our activities, soccer and all these different things. And then it wasn't even just a time issue. Like getting them a logistics issue of getting them there and back. It's also a time issue. It's an energy issue. It's a finance issue. Because for us, we're on this really good path. We know what works for us. We know what works for me. But it just costs. I do actually receive disability, but it doesn't even come close to covering what we spend every month on keeping me functioning.
0: Yeah. 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 And, you know, I don't make a high income, but I make a decent income. Yeah. A, an income that used to work without the, right. the lime ingredient.
3: Right. Without the lime, we'd be stable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> With us, it's the same thing. Like right now, we found this new medication that is helping, but it's trying to figure out how to how afford, do we afford it. it. You know, how do we afford it? Because we don't want to put what little income we have towards medication, but without the medication... I am useless. (laughs) Right. And so it's like that balancing act of figuring out, okay, well, I got to pay this bill today, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to really work. And so it's getting that balancing act correct. And so that's what I hear you
0: guys doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. You end up rationing meds in a sense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. After we spoke last week, I was telling you earlier, my back went out and I have actually been out of work. I couldn't work for a a week, a week and change. You know, the house with both of us down, you know, Sarah wasn't completely down, but she was still. Yeah, I was
3: thankfully able to kind of help. But I can only do that for a couple of days before I have to really spend a day resting. Yeah. And. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, it's so funny.
2: <laughs> the same exact time that Aaron's down with his back, I had a huge fibro flare up, and it went on oh. for like almost two weeks. And yeah. I'm and, and Lex had the he was on sort of an up, and so he was able to take over a little bit. I just think it's so funny, us two as couples like line up. Yeah, in, you in guys what's are going so with similar us. with us. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. I
0: know. Yeah. Guys, I told Sarah. I tell Sarah this all the time. They're singing the same song. We are. I yeah, totally. Awesome.
3: Like we're not well, alone. No, you're not right. And that's what we've. That's even why we're doing line voice because what we're figuring out is, I call us the new poor. Like, <laughs> okay, one income is hard to do nowadays anyways, but we have a lot, we have five kids, most of them have some level of a special need. As a parent, when you can't be there to help them with their homework because cognitively, you aren't even able to do Two plus common- two equals six?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So when you aren't able to do those things, it costs money to replace those. You know, you need a tutor Mm -hmm. or you need a babysitter because you're not feeling good or you need all these things and they all cost money. Except what we're finding is all these families who are literally have one or two parents, both sometimes sick, but also kids. And so. We're figuring out that part of our mission and wanting to do it is even to empower people to make passive income and earn income from home because it's
0: your new normal.
1: Hi, everyone. I just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you a little bit about something that I just found. Now, as a lot of you guys know, I'm crippled. So I can't really move. I can't really do a lot of things. But holding a book is not that easy for me. What's the answer? The answer is Audible. Now, guys, I'm sharing this with you because I actually really like the service. Like, I really am getting something out of it. Now, you can sign up for free at our website at studioids.com and check them out. For 30 days for free, you get two free books that you can listen to. And if you want to, you can continue from there and only pay $14.95. I think that's a good deal. If you guys would like to check it out, go to studioids.com and check out the link at the bottom of the page. Thanks, guys. Why
0: don't you guys tell us a little bit about Lime Voice?
1: Yeah,
2: how did it get started? What inspired you?
0: How it got started? With Lime, there's not a lot of good information out there. And I started looking around. We'd been doing some audiobooks. Right about the time that Sarah was going into treatment, I was diagnosed with severe dyslexia and ADD. Oh wow! I had coped with it and adjusted. Your typical thinking: I'm just not that smart of a guy. You know, (laughs) I I kind of blame myself for it, not realizing there was a reason. So recently, now now
2: you're lining up with Lex. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I started getting ADD med. And that really helped. And there's some good and bad things about all that (laughs) ADD moment. What was my point?
3: (laughs) It allowed you. Point made. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm struggling with all this as she's going through it. I'm learning how to literally think because I've never been able to problem solve not in the way that sarah needed me to she's literally dying regressing going into a wheelchair and i'm i don't know what to do and i understand it now i think it was a little bit of my add and dyslexia that caused me to freeze and i didn't know what to do when i started taking the add meds it was literally like the fog parted all of a sudden i could see the path
3: but see this was a big issue because i handled everything i handled our finances and planning and all this stuff. And then I got to this point where I wasn't able to do that. And I needed him to be aware. Okay, it's been a year since the kids were at the dentist. Or, hey, so-and-so is going to need shots this summer. All these logistic things.
0: I literally had no idea how someone would do that. (laughs) Of whether or not someone went to the dentist. There was no answer in my brain until I started taking this. Doing that, I was like waking up for the first time in my life. It's and I'm awesome. all of a sudden this sponge. I'm looking at audiobooks. I'm looking at online at stuff. I discover this thing called a podcast. Yeah. I start listening to Smart Passive Income by uh, Pat, Pat Flynn. Yeah, yeah, Lex
2: too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so old Patty Pat, man, he got me hooked. I started talking. We actually got interviewed for my, my woodworking business on a podcast. And it was like, okay, this needs to happen. And this is the way we can do it. I still struggle with typings. I only have nine fingers anyway. (laughs) 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 I only use two of them or three of them.
2: He's over there plucking away.
3: Flying voice was really Aaron's idea.
0: Well, that's not true. (laughs) The idea of putting it onto a podcast was mine. Yeah. While Sarah was, this is really interesting and really cool. While Sarah was on her deathbed, she was having a conversation with God about whether or not she wanted to be healed or to be healed in a reproducible way. And God basically asked her, do you want to be healed or do you want to be healed in a reproducible way? She answered in a reproducible way. Through that, we realized not only was Sarah going to be healed, we're going to also, as we do this, we're going to include others around us and we're going to reproduce what we're going through. So it's been a financial, emotional, spiritual, and physical journey. In order to beat Lyme in order to be any chronic illness, you have to do those points. If you can't be all inclusive with those, you're stacking the deck against you.
1: Awesome. That's awesome, I love it.
3: So we've kinda just been on this journey to figure out answers for people. People like us, people like you guys who they can no longer be a part of normal working world and yet we all have these great responsibilities to still care for our kids And we still have to pay the PNM bill or they shut us off. (laughs) (laughs) So it has just been this journey. And I knew, you know, I, I had never been around anyone who had suffered the way I did physically for so long. And so while as the years were ticking by and it was year four and five and six and seven, I would say, like whatever this is. First of all, if I die, do an autopsy because something killed me. Mm. I would say that <laughs> regularly, and because see, all these all these years, no, I never got any affirmation from any of my physicians that something was really wrong.
2: Yeah. Ever. Wow.
3: They could see it that I wasn't functioning. They could see me not be able to walk. Literally, I'm in a wheelchair. I have video on my phone of these horrendous seizures that you and I have talked about. And the neurologist will not even look at it. And then in his report, he says, I'm causing it by anxiety. Oh, my. Really? Wow. This is, you know, this is while I'm waiting for my Lyme test to come back. And so we had to come to this place where I was like, "Okay, it doesn't matter if nobody else sees this. I'm not doing well. And what I realized is, especially in our American medical system, what they're offering you is treatment. And what we want is health right, when you go into an appointment?
0: Yeah, they want Mm -hmm. to treat the symptoms.
3: Right, they're treating the symptoms. And it took me a lot of years to realize, okay, there's so much more to it than this. But in my head, I was thinking, if the chemicals designed to stop pain aren't helping, how could homeopathic stuff? I had to spend a lot of time just reading and researching things. And really what I've come to understand and I'm trying to teach people is that, like, treatment is only one part of your health protocol, Really, in order to have health, you have to tackle it from a lot of different angles.
2: Nice, I, I love this. Yeah, Lex this and I say awesome. all the time
3: how, you know, we
2: came to a point where we realized we had to redefine everything. Yeah.
1: Right, the new normal is different than what our old normal is, and and learning how to live all this stuff. That was our reasoning behind dear friends and family as well. And I love the fact that with Lime Voice, you guys are really just teaching people, helping them out. You make it, you know, you're giving them this shortcut, you know, Uh that's awesome. I love that.
3: That's a great, I've never heard it called that, but that's exactly what we wanted to accomplish, a shortcut. Yeah. (laughs) Especially for people who can't read. I mean, I read for years and years because I wanted to maximize my time in bed. I was always reading but a lot of people can't.
0: Yeah, we yep. can't hold yep. up your head to look at a computer screen. Yep.
1: Yeah, yep.
3: so audio is perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's where uh, that's where Audible comes in. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, yes. make sure you go get your free Audible trial. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Sarah, I would like you to talk to our listeners a little bit how you guys have sort of redefined parenting in your solution. Golly.
0: Yeah. You know, that has been a journey of tears Sweat and blood. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: you know, our kids are a little bit older we uh, than, than yours, so we're at 14 down to 7. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I mentioned our two youngest have, are adopted, and they have s- some pretty severe attachment uh, disorders. Yeah. And that has been another, <laughs> another perfect storm moment where it's just, you know, as we dealt with it, it really, it's either a sink or sim, swim kind of thing. So we've really had to, when dealing with your kids, this is what I learned. In order for me to be a better parent, I had to fix me first, not my kids. Nice. That, I'm not good at it. I mean, I'm not, I would not say I'm a great parent, but I'm doing the best I can and I work at it every single day. And that's what it's
1: all about. That's what makes you a great parent. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes you a great parent. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that's like, all right, I'm doing the best that I can. And they're not actually doing it. Yeah, that's it. They're not actually doing it. The fact that you care, the fact that you're saying to yourself, "Okay, I know that I'm not doing enough, but I'm going to continue to work at it and continue to make do more. That means you're a great parent. That means that means you're actually like caring about your kids and And that and that's that's awesome. That's just absolutely awesome. Thanks for saying that.
3: Yeah, thank you. That is, you know, even when we interviewed you guys and we were talking about parenting, I told Aaron, I'm like, you know, we we hung on for a lot of years, pushing forward, trying to stick with even some of the goals and plans that we had had as a family for the kids and some training stuff. But really, the last two years, I feel like what's been happening is I was in such huge amounts of pain for so long. And even though I intentionally tried to stay engaged for me, that might have literally been on some days like, Hey, hi, how are you? How was school? Like short and sweet. I couldn't have, I couldn't sit up and have dinner. I, you know, I had to go to bed before they did. And so I think honestly, the parenting aspect has been one of the greatest losses. And there's so many, you know, you lose your finances, you lose your independence, you lose all these crucial things, but parenting It's hard because they need what they need during that season of their life and there's no going back.
1: Yeah, there's no no, uh, redo. Right.
3: You know, and even understanding I did a ton of training through a job I had with an adoption agency and I understand trauma and attachment and really all the biological things that happens and then the emotional things that happen. And still, I just see these big gaping holes in parenting and you know, my parents came and kind of filled in some stuff for us. They would come over on a regular basis. But because we even had the dynamic of two toddlers, our two youngest, they literally screamed for three years when we adopted them. Oh,
0: wow. wow. So, <laughs>
3: it, <I> yeah. <laughs> it,
1: yeah. It sounds like it.
3: And so what it did was we were communicating in survival mode at all times. Yeah. So.
0: Need to know basis. Yeah.
3: Right? <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Part of this was our personalities, but there wasn't time for laughter. I was like, hey, Derek, you're home. Can you please juice for me because I don't have the ability to stand today? Kaya, can you please go help Anadea do her homework because I can't do that this day? Right. I feel like what I really want to do, what we're trying to do is kind of claim back those family hours, do normal things like sit at the dinner table together. Yeah. OK, and that's ma- awesome. Yeah, but when you're sick, how much effort does it take to get dinner sat at the table? It takes a
1: lot of effort to do that. I mean, I've been trying to cook some pizzas for two weeks now, but every time dinner time rolls around, I'm so worn out. I just can't do it. I totally understand.
3: Yeah. So there's some stuff that I feel like, of course, we're going to take the wisdom we can extract from it. And, you know, OK, my kids understand how to be kind and gracious to people when they're sick. They have this level of compassion that, you know, other families aren't exposed to. But really, 95 percent of the population has no clue what it takes just to do the basics for our kids oh, at yeah. this point. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I'd like to give you a quick tip because one of the things that we have been really working on is our new normal. Our new normal yep. is different, so our rooms have all become multitasked. All of our multi-purpose, multi-purpose, yes. And so you know, our our kitchen has a bike shop in it, and it has a kitchen table, and it has uh, obviously the the kitchen. Our room is a place where the kids can come and play chess with me when I can't get out of bed. Or if I need to work and I can't really walk into the studio, I have a place in there that I can work on the computer or work on my laptop. So the kids are incorporated in this new normal. Like as every
2: far- space incorporates kid time.
1: Exactly. And so if I can't eat at the kitchen table, what we do is... In our studio, we have a love seat, a recliner, and my studio chair. So I can sit in my studio chair very comfortably, so we will eat in here and still have our family dinner. So it's just a new normal. It's really, like if
2: we have to put a dining table in our bedroom, let's do it. Right. right? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's like... <laughs> it really if that's what we got to do that's what we got to do for us to be together as a family
1: exactly and so i really can't sit at the kitchen table every time i do it's it's just painful right and so what we do is we find other ways to have a family meal together and since i'm comfortable in the studio we'll have dinner in the studio or they'll come into the room and I'll be in bed because I can't get out of bed. And it's like
2: you basically just give up the concept of a living room. You give up the concept of a kitchen, like what these spaces are supposed to hold and you design them in a way that's effective for your life. Yes. Your normal, what you need throughout
1: the day. Redefining what your daily normal is, is huge for us. We seem to be falling more into this new life by doing that by by, letting
2: go of what things used to be
1: yeah i mean a living room is no longer a living room for us you know (laughs) a kitchen is no longer a kitchen for us it's different it's because if i'm going to go in there and hang out you know with the kids and patty as they cook i need a comfortable place to be in there so there is a nice chair that i can sit in there and watch while everything happens same thing with in their rooms. We're trying to get them. This yeah, has We're been, trying to get them to clean their rooms yeah. so we can do this?
2: <laughs> it's been a battle. Oh, but man. We're, like two weeks. Yes. Like seriously?
1: <laughs> and it's almost done. But, man, every day after school, okay, do your homework and your chore. Please clean your room. Again. Again. <laughs> and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to establish places in their rooms where we can sit comfortably and and talk to them and, to them and you know, have – you know, nighttime reading or watch them play with Legos or play with dolls with Lavana or help her with her music or something along those lines. The new normal is what yes. we're looking at.
3: You know, and that's a great suggestion, and we actually took that from you guys when we did our interview with you. You had said something, oh, you have, like, the recording area for your kids, Mm -hmm. and we're trying to get our house set up so we can do more recording in with the kids. So, like, we now have a chair, and we have a small kitchen, but most of it has a big chair in it for when I need to sit there. But even our master bedroom, we're actually in the process of using it as, like, a recording room where we have a couch and we can sit. And so you're right. You do have to redefine success. You have to redefine your living quarters. But even that, even the cognitive awareness to be like, okay, this isn't working. Let's figure it out. Let's problem solve. I think even that requires even you guys, you both love each other. You're both in it together. A lot of spouses and families don't have that. Yeah. Like, Chronic illness pulls them apart, not bringing them together. I think you guys do a good job of that, and we are actually are implementing some changes as soon as we can get the guy with his back to not be hurting. <laughs> because so I can awesome. I know, I can't do it. but
0: and, and that's a really good point, and I think that's kind of your guys' desire with your show and ours as well, is that we want, for those of you out there who are dealing with this actively, who are in that crisis spot like Sarah and I were, where we we didn't have the brain power to figure out these things. The stuff that Alex and and Patricia were talking about, I mean, those are golden opportunities that you can implement in your house and even for Sarah and I. And I think that's so cool with shows like this where we can compare notes and and see what worked and and you know, you kind of have to put the puzzle pieces together for your own journey in health.
3: So one of the um, slogans that we came up with when we were talking about Lion Voice is Fight, Heal, Live. And we are do a loose format of it. But eventually at FightHealLive.com, we will have a whole website set up for people with chronic illnesses and solutions for day-to-day stuff. Nice. awesome. Our slogan is Fighting is a Mindset, Healing is a Choice, and Living is an Outcome. Obviously, we can't all choose to heal ourselves, but we can choose healing things within those moments, like putting a chair in your kitchen or. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: I absolutely love your guys' Fight Heal Live. I, don't know, I love the structure and it really is yeah. inspiring. So where can people check out your show?
3: Well, you can go to LimeVoice.com and okay. you can listen to it right off the web or through iTunes or Stitcher. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Aaron and Sarah,
2: thank you so much for being on our show. We absolutely love listening to Lime Voice and we encourage all of our listeners to go check you guys out.
1: Totally. And thank you guys so much. It's been an awesome conversation. I mean, this is definitely going to be a show I listened to a few times. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: Awesome. Thank you for having us. Yeah,
1: thank, you. thank you. And now our hero of the week.
3: Dear mom and dad. You are officially my true heroes because of the way that you have helped us throughout my illness. You didn't wait for us to beg and plead for help. You just kept showing up and doing the next thing that needed to be done. When I was trying to figure out how to go out for treatment, one of the things my dad said was, Sarah, all that we have is yours. And I knew they meant it. They would sell whatever they needed to in order to get me through treatment. Love and appreciate their support so much. So thank you. Love, Sarah and Aaron.
1: Thank you. Our heroes. Woo-hoo! Yeah.
2: (laughs) So if you have somebody in your life, if you were struggling through a really hard time and somebody just sort of stepped in and saved your day,
1: Saved your butt. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: want to hear about that person. Send us your messages and maybe your hero will be recognized on our show.
1: Well, that's all,
2: folks. That, that's all.
1: That's all. We're that's done.
2: It? That's it? Yep. And I want to thank Sarah and Aaron from Lime Voice for being on the show. Wow.
1: Seriously, guys, thank you so much. You guys rocked it. Love you guys. Can't wait to talk to you guys again.
2: So grateful for your friendship.
1: Yes, absolutely. And for our awesome listeners, as usual, please rate and review us on iTunes. And
2: head on over to lovethefam.com and sign up for our email list.
1: And with that.
2: Sincerely, Lex and Patty.
1: We're out.